one of the leaders from the village is bringing up this woman. She had been sold to ISIS, and then she'd been sold back and forth. And, and so then all of a sudden, she's in front of me. You know, a woman who's been sold many, many times, saw her family shot. And, and I'm like, what do I have to give her? So the only thing I have is Jesus. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. This weekend, we're celebrating the light that came to the world through the birth of Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas to you. Over the past year here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio, we've been hearing about the way that light is bringing hope to people around the world, particularly in hostile and restricted nations. This week and next week, we're going to look back and remember some of the most moving moments of 2022 here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. I wish we could go back and hear from every single guest again, and you can do that in the archives at vomradio.net, or if you find Voice of the Martyrs Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. But in our time together this week, we will just have time for a few of those moving moments. I mentioned hostile and restricted nations. Many times, those are the same countries that make their way into international news. But when you listen to VOM Radio, you get a perspective that you won't always hear on a news program. You get a perspective on how God is at work and how you can be involved in these countries through your prayers. One of the nations that has captured the world's attention is Afghanistan. This spring, we got an update from author John Weaver about how Afghan Christians and gospel workers are doing after the Taliban takeover of the country. He reminded us that believers inside the country believe in the power of prayer and that we can join them in calling out to the Lord. There have been several of our ministry partners in the country that have said because of this oppressiveness and because of the desperation, and even the scriptures say that, in the day of trouble, cry out to me, the Lord says, and I will hear an answer. I mean, he's reaching out and pursuing them. And so some of our partners in the country have said they have had many, multiple opportunities to you know, reach out in practical, tangible ways, but then to slowly, slowly talk about the story of God, mm-hmm. talk about the good news, and talk about how they've discovered eternal life through Jesus Christ. Please continue to pray that. Many Muslims would talk about this dissatisfaction with Islam, and may it cause thousands and thousands of, of, of Afghans to, to turn to the Lord. That's author John Weaver. He's been reminding us of something amazing. You and I have the opportunity to participate in God's work, even in the nation of Afghanistan. We can do that through our prayers. A young woman we called Banesh is also sharing the gospel in a difficult place. Banesh has been following Jesus for less than five years, but she's already planted more than 30 house churches inside the Islamic Republic of Iran. She also knows how crucial prayer is for everything she does. Usually people who come to me have some pain, and I can ask, do you know Jesus heals people? 
I started with this step by step. To start, I was in college and I would find close friends. Also, I started with my sisters. First, I just share a little. If they are interested, I start sharing exactly and tell them I also am a Christian. In Iran, it is a hard thing to bring them to a group, but I started out with people who were close to me. I didn't tell them this is a church until after we were already meeting. People are all so tired, so tired, especially with Islam. Uh, they are looking for something special. When I started sharing with people, most often they said, God sent you. We are looking for something like this. How can believers like Banesh take such risks for the sake of the gospel? Pam Arlen gave us perspective on that question on a VOM Radio episode earlier this year. Dr. Pam Arland is the global training and research leader for All Nations International. One of the things that I think just amazes me that I wrapped my brain around at one point is that Jesus can ask me to give my life for him and tell me that I'm safe and both are true at the same time. You know, recently I was with uh, some brothers and sisters in Bangladesh, and many of them said to me uh, straight from Scripture, you know, we're like flowers who wither and fade away, and our lives here are short. And that's okay that our life here is short because heaven, I'm pretty sure, is going to be a whole lot better anyway. And I just want to make sure that whether I live a long time or I live a short time, that I'm obedient to Jesus. He's worth it. Dr. Pam Arland helped a young man named John Chow prepare for this kind of calling and this kind of risk. First, Pam helped John study the Bible and also challenged him to read a huge stack of books about missions. Then she observed as John engaged in wilderness training and preparing physically for the rigors of his calling to North Sentinel Island. The people there have never heard the gospel, and in fact, they violently resist contact with anyone outside of their island. John gave his life making contact with the people of North Sentinel Island. After John's sacrifice, Pam witnessed a backlash, both from outside and inside the church. Normally, when people are persecuted, nobody notices, right? We've got dozens of cases a day that nobody notices. So we were shocked at the backlash. And it was a backlash that came from two sources. And one was this very liberal stream of non-Christians who are, you know, saying like people who are not contacted should just be left alone. And how could you possibly bother them and disturb their blissful state of existence, which of course is, is not true that they have a blissful state of existence or else they wouldn't be acting in fear the way they are. But the stream that surprised us was the Christian stream that was so opposed to what we had done. Christians didn't even pause to get the whole story. And people were making comments saying, well, clearly John didn't know what he was doing. Well, all they had was, you know, 30 seconds it, on the ABC Evening News. And his Instagram feed. And his Instagram feed. And we're drawing conclusions and making statements that were quite strong and quite emphatic. How much do you worry about our churches— that 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 kind of thought can can grow up out of them. I I am deeply worried about not only our North American churches but our churches in Europe, um, churches in other places around the world, because I mean you and I both know that it, it's it's a kind of a pithy saying, but it is true 
that if you don't have anything worth dying for, you also don't have anything worth living for. And to think that Jesus is just a, he's the one who gives to us and he gives us just this safe and happy life, I think is such an impoverishment of who he is and what his kingdom is like. And I think his actual kingdom where he promised you on this earth, you will have many troubles is actually a deeper, more beautiful kingdom uh, than this shallow one where it's just about my happiness and about me being comfortable and about me being safe. And I think it's honestly one of the joys is when you step out of the boat and when you step out of the boat and you get that intimacy with him because you have to lock eyes with him to stay safe on the water with him, that's when following Jesus actually gets really beautiful. And so whatever is a little bit just beyond our comfort zone, whatever leads us out just even a smidge beyond our comfort zone, often leads to deeper intimacy with Jesus. That's Dr. Pam Arland remembering the sacrifice of John Chow, who gave his life for the gospel trying to reach the people of North Sentinel Island. I hope you will pray for the people of North Sentinel Island as you think of John and as you think of that sacrifice. To hear more of that story and to hear more from all of our guests today, you can visit vomradio.net. We'll give you direct links to the complete episodes in the show notes for this week's episode. We just heard how John Chow was called to give up everything to go to a dangerous place for the sake of God's kingdom. Maybe it's tempting for you to think, well, he, he was young. He had a sense of adventure. I could never do that. I have a house. I have a job. I have a family. Well, let me tell you the story of Jerry and Stacy Kramer. They were living the American dream and could easily have coasted into the later seasons of their life in comfort. Then they took on the role of missions director at their local church. We went over to Tanzania ourselves and just fell in love, and God got a hold of us. And so we ended up selling the house, selling the car, selling the business, loaded the kids up, and had one-way tickets to Tanzania in 2003. You remember that saying about God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called? Um, at that time, I had... Uh, never read the Bible, never finished a Bible study. Um, I started two and uh, didn't, you know, didn't get them finished. So it, it really is true that God qualifies the call, and it was a call. Eleven years passed in Tanzania, and Jerry and Stacy could have gotten comfortable with this new way of life. They were serving. They were on the front lines. But again, God gave them another big assignment. Go to Iraq. They didn't know what to expect. They didn't know exactly what he was calling them to do. They didn't have a clear plan, but they still obeyed. I was hyperventilating. Yeah. I like mean, we were I flying mean, over ISIS territory, getting ready to land the plane, and I was scared. I mean, we I'm, all I'm wanted those brown reacting. paper bags to breathe in, you know? But here's the deal it's like as soon as the wheels of the plane landed, bam, all fear was gone. And I just told Jerry, Jesus is already here. He's just waiting for us. Uh, northern Iraq, that area, was hit with three million refugees in about one week. Uh, the city we came to had a, it was a population of half a million, and they had a million refugees living on the streets. And then the first uh, refugees from ISIS we met were believers from Nineveh. And we met, and they were just literally had just come in, had left everything behind. They were in shock, trauma. They were, uh, 
so raw. Well, the first thoughts we had is, and these were believers, like we said, you know, the kids are really suffering and they're probably not going to have Christmas this year. So we decided to have Christmas in September and we went to the local Kurdish Walmart and bought them out, like just every cart we could move down the aisles and uh, did a big pre-Christmas celebration for uh, for the Christian refugees there in Nineveh. And that was really Soccer cool. balls, dolls. Yes. Yeah. And next thing I know is that one one of the leaders from the village is bringing up this woman, and she's dragging one of her legs. She's very young. Well, she had been sold to ISIS, and then she'd been sold back and forth many, many times. And, and all she, the members, the males in her family had been killed. Yeah. She, she witnessed that. So she had a stroke. And when she, after she had the stroke, she was no longer useful for them, and they threw her out. And she walked f- f- all the way, you know, dragging the dragging one bag one leg. leg. And, and so then all of a sudden she's in front of me. You know, a woman who's been sold many, many times, saw her family shot. And, and I'm like, what do I have to give her? So... The only thing I have is Jesus. So I put my arms around her, and and I hugged her, and I loved her, and I just prayed over her and just gave her the love of Christ because that was all I had. And at, at the same time, my, my husband is, like, shaking with anger. Here she is in front of you, and she has a name, and her name is Merdia. Like, it's real. And yeah, I got I got really angry, and I got mad at God, I, and I just stomped off, and I just looked up, and I said, "Where are you? How could you let this happen? Yeah, where where are you?" And then I said, "What are you paying any attention? And what do you plan to do about this?" And I heard an answer just clear back, and I just heard, "I sent you, dummy." <laughs> yeah, I think God talks to us in ways that we can understand, so he calls me dummy sometimes and but that was like so poignant yeah i called yeah. you i sent you here just you do something about it we're like so honored to be yoked with jesus it's an honor that is indescribable everybody has this honor um everybody is yoked to jesus um you know we don't deserve this and yet he allows us and god could do it by himself but he, he loves to work through his bride and, and the members. So really and truly, like, it's an honor to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Jerry and Stacy are still working with refugees inside Iraq. Their ministry is called Love for the Least. As we review some of the most moving moments from Voice of the Martyrs Radio in the past year, I wanted you to hear one more story from Jerry and Stacy. They told us about a Christian woman who was in an Iranian prison, but even in prison, she was being used powerfully by the Lord. She's already got a nickname in prison. She is the magic prayer. And she has a <laughs> reputation that when she prays, stuff happens. Jesus answers her prayers. So people go to her for they prayer. They seek her out. They seek her out. Of all of her followers, they are now crossing the border to where we are, and we are training them up. You know, we got the four-day training, initial training, how to— share the gospel, how to share your testimony, how to form groups, how to do discovery Bible study, and then they go back into the country. So we think this 150 is going to just blow up. 
You're listening to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. I'm Todd Nettleton. We're reviewing this week some of the most moving moments of 2022 from VOM Radio. Matthew Hansen is the Voice of the Martyrs regional leader for South and Central Asia. Earlier this year, he shared a powerful story from Bangladesh. I did an interview with several believers that had been persecuted, and I met this uh, elderly brother, gentleman, and I asked him to share his story. And in the village he's from, he was an imam in the mosque. And in, in the Quran, he read about Esau, about Jesus. And so he, he read the Gospels, he read more about Jesus, and he came to understand Jesus as the Savior. As, and the only way to salvation is through Jesus. So he began to teach more and more about Jesus in his mosque. And people began to accuse him, you're a Christian, you've converted to Christianity. He didn't know any Christians. He was just simply sharing what he has learned. They finally kicked him out of the mosque uh, for converting to Christianity. You know, so he was sharing with me how his brothers uh, beat him, uh, kicked him and beat him. And then he said, even my nephew slapped me and then kicked me to the ground. And I could just see the pain in his eyes and hear the pain in his voice uh, of the shame that he endured for Christ. But, you know, uh, our local partner there uh, sent, sent some people there to help disciple him and give him fellowship. And he's just uh, so encouraging, still going out there, sharing his faith with others in, in the same village. But it was just, a, just a, an incredible impact for me to see how people endure shame for the gospel of Jesus Christ, but then how they persevere in continuing to share their faith with others. Matthew Hansen has been telling us about our brother in Christ from Bangladesh, who was willing to be attacked and ostracized from his family for the sake of knowing Jesus. Brother Max was also willing to share Jesus with his Muslim family. Brother Max learned about the Quran all his life while growing up in Uzbekistan, but he was never at peace, and he pretty much made life miserable for everyone around him. But at age 20, Brother Max came to know Jesus Christ, and his life was completely transformed. I am totally new, Max. Everybody could see. And the uh, people's also speaking, Max, right. I change it, Max, I change He's it. He's totally different now. Yeah, before I fight at a lot of worries, fighting places, I was there, for example. They could see all, also uh, how is my life is changed. My neighbor's imam heard about, I am speaking about Jesus, I am preaching about Jesus. He immediately came to my home angry, and one of my parents, we rejected your family. Right. Then when I come, my father sitting, Max said, I heard you are wrong way. You totally wrong way. Imam come to us and told me. I said, which is wrong way? But you are good now. Change it. But anyway, you are wrong way. <laughs> it was very, very funny. I said, Father, I didn't understand what. Can you see my life? i praying. I love you. God, this, uh, really show me really uh, his face. I, I know who is God. He said, yeah, I saw. I see. I am seeing your life is changed completely. Even in this imam's life, is not like yours. But anyway, you are wrong, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <It was. laughs> I like what I see, but you're going the wrong way. Yes, yeah. but he says, you can do it without uh, Jesus also. 
you can live this like now without Jesus. I just if I will take my, from my heart Jesus, I became old Maxet again, not charging. Then I give my father New Testament. Please take it and read it. He re- looking for something is wrong here, you know. <laughs> But you know, New Testament begins from Matthew's. And a lot of telling about Pharisees' yep. mistakes. They speaking. They like respect. They like all people is respect them. Also, Muslim imams also same. But my father, he said first of all, I'm seeing this imams wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> he speaks good, but attitude is not good. So he saw in in the imam he saw the Pharisees, or in the Pharisees he saw the imam. Yeah, compared. And he's like, oh wait, this yeah, they, they look like each yeah, other. Compared. At the end, my father, after uh, one year, maybe around one year, he, he accepted Christ. That's a brother we're just calling Max for his security. The Lord called him out of a Muslim background, and today Max is sharing the gospel with people in Central Asia even in the face of dangers, even in the face of persecution. It's so encouraging to be reminded through these stories that God is calling people to himself, opening their eyes to the truth, even in places hostile to the Bible and opposed to Christian faith. We have one more amazing story this week as we continue reviewing some of the most moving moments of 2022 Cade Jefferson serves as the regional leader for North and East Africa. Here at VOM, he told us the story of a young African named Nathan. Through satellite television, he heard the gospel. He came to faith as a teenager, and when his family found out, his dad went unhinged and started beating him, locked him away in his in Nathan's bedroom. And I think Nathan's mom figured out that the dad was going to kill him. And so she helped him escape, got him out, like literally through the window. And Nathan, he started living on the street, eating out trash cans. This went on for weeks. And pretty soon he found himself in a refrigerator box living out on the beach, which is not nice, super cold, some other homeless people living out there. While out there, um, he heard somebody shout his name, shouted out Nathan out on the beach, middle of the night, heard it again. Hey, is there a Nathan here? Nathan got up and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. The fellow um, directed him to his car. Nathan was like, well, I guess I'll go get in this car. Found out that it was a British missionary that had some rough Arabic, was still learning Arabic, and had gotten a word from God that he needed to go out to the beach and pick up Nathan. The British missionary had no idea what was going on with this, but obeyed, went out there, scared, nervous, picked up someone named Nathan at the beach, (laughs) took him home, and started taking care of him. Um, Nathan slept on the guy's couch for weeks. Wow. Um, The guy started discipling him, taking care of him. Nathan now goes out to isolated villages in North Africa to help Christians that are out by themselves. Nathan was on the edge, out on the beach. I mean, he was holding his faith. He didn't recount, but I'm sure he was, there was the, God, why have you forsaken me feeling? And when it got really dark, God showed up and took care of him. One thing we have heard over and over today, and I hope you've picked up on it, when God calls you to get involved in his work, 
it is a joy to say yes. That step of obedience might be uncomfortable. It might be dangerous. It might take you way outside of your comfort zone. But there's no better way to live. We've been reminded of that as we've looked back on some of the most moving moments from 2022 here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Conversations like this help us say yes to the Lord's leading. And you can hear many more conversations like this in our archive. Just visit vomradio.net or find Voice of the Martyrs Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also read stories like this when you get the free Voice of the Martyrs magazine. To sign up for that, again, just visit our website, vomradio.net. Look for the link at the top of the page that says free magazine. Click on that. Give us your name and address. We will send that out to you each month. Next week, we're going to continue remembering more of the most moving moments from Voice of the Martyrs Radio in 2022. The amazing stories that God has allowed us to tell this year. Merry Christmas to you and your family. And please be back with us next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.